You're listening to GNU World Order, episode 44 of season 13, for day 301 of 2019. Hey everybody, this is Klaatu, still kind of recovering from all of the travel that I've done. And by recovering, I mean um, just sort of getting everything back in order. Your, your schedule just shifts so much when you're away from your usual routine, or at least that's what I'm finding, and, and getting back into the normal schedule of the of the day job and the normal schedule of just real life takes a while it kind of gets a it gets takes time to get back into it so in the interest of of helping myself get my schedule back on track i'm going to keep this episode a little bit shorter than i would probably prefer and let's start with some listener feedback so this is listener feedback from david on mastodon he says, I switched to Ubuntu 8.04 from Windows Vista and tried my best to get things done. I was tr- I was doing PHP websites at the time. I started with Wubi, W-U-B-I, but eventually just installed Ubuntu. It was a big learning curve, but I'm grateful for making the change because I wasn't happy being locked into the Windows system. And that is in reference to 1338. Uh, at which point I had said, I really like hearing Linux origin stories. And I encourage you, dear listener, to send your Linux origin story to me via email or Mastodon or, or any, any, any system that is most convenient, convenient to you. I'm Klaatu in many places. I'm not Klaatu in other places. You can generally kind of get a sense for whether it's me or not, uh, based on whether I'm talking about Linux. That's all Klaatu talks about online is Linux. Sometimes RPGs, but but I try to focus mostly on Linux. So uh, certainly on open source topics. So send me your Linux origin story. I'd love to to hear it and talk about it on the show. And David, uh, his origin story here is um, right around the time that my origin story would have started because Ubuntu 8.04. I feel like that's right, sort of in that that that's sort of in the the time frame that I would have um, that I would have been starting out with with Linux. Um, I, I feel like Ubuntu 8.04 would have been something about well, I mean, obviously 2008. I'm Hardy Heron. So that's actually a little bit later than me, because I remember the Hardy Heron um, desktop image, the wallpaper image, it was was like one of those sort of, not game changers, but sort of a a really bold, new, new-ish look for Ubuntu, and um, and that it was it was quite cool. It was quite quite startling, or not not startling, but go look at it. Trust me, it's it's. It was new and exciting at the time. It like it was kind of, kind of a, a big deal. And it's kind of funny, I guess, that the, the the way that I'm remembering Hardy Heron is the desktop image, because that's not frequently what you think of when you think of of that stuff. Although I don't know, Fedora Seven actually at the, around the same time had a pretty um, a pretty recognizable kind of looking. Uh, desktop image as well, so I think I think my first Ubuntu release, or the, you know the the first one that I remember trying was six dot 
6.04 maybe, if, if that was one of them, or 6.06, I'm not sure. Something like that, I think. I, I don't think it would have been earlier than that necessarily. And that was a great time to start with Linux, I think, because you did it. You had some exciting new stuff happening with Ubuntu, and you had Mandrake still kind of going strong. And, and even Fedora was, was relatively young at the time. So there were a lot of things that were kind of new and fresh at that moment, at that time, for for a couple of years, and then it, it sort of sort of drew out and got longer and sort of longer in the tooth, and things kind of settled in. I think that was a fun time to, to jump into Linux. And it's it's funny to hear that David jumped in from Vista. I mean, that is the... when I remember when Windows Vista came out, people people were were saying very clearly that that people were that this was a great jump off point out of windows like if you were trying to get out of windows vista was a great excuse to do that and i know a lot of people used it as an excuse to do that i clearly not as many people as i guess competitors would have liked for instance i i think that apple really stepped up their sort of hey come try a Mac now uh, campaign with Vista, and I feel like Linux did what it could. Come try Linux now. But, you know, I mean, people people settle for what they settle. Now, Wooby is an interesting artifact of history as well. I guess it's still technically being maintained by someone. It's been forked on GitHub. If you go to github.com slash hakuna-m, that's H-A-K-U-N-A-M, and then just look for the Wooby UEFI repo in in there. You'll you'll find a modern version of Wooby. I never understood what Wooby was because I I never have really used Windows for for anything other than testing some code, some Python code once. Um, so yeah, I don't really understand. I don't understand the the process. I don't have the context. I don't think to understand exactly how Wooby works. But apparently it's like a Windows installer for Ubuntu, and it installs the the, the Ubuntu image somewhere. And I the, the where is the thing that continues to confound me. Don't quite understand where this is happening. Is it getting in is it a separate partition? Is it like some sort of disk image within the within the drive, like as a file, and then you, you boot into that disk, that, that, that image, uh, by way of the Windows boot manager, whatever that may be called. Is there a boot manager for Windows as such? I mean, there must be some kind of boot manager for, for Windows, I guess. So I don't understand it. If you have a really clear explanation of how it works, I'd be interested in hearing it, but understand that I lack any kind of context, so it is it is definitely not something that I will necessarily understand without very very clear ex- explanation. I just I do not underestimate, please, my lack of context for anything having to do with Windows. Okay, so that's Wooby. It's some kind of Windows installer. So you would download the Ubuntu disk, and on it there would be a Wooby.exe, and I guess. You wouldn't even have to burn the image, I guess. You could just literally click on Wooby as the one that you're running on right now. You would just install Ubuntu. 
And then I guess you would reboot and boot into Ubuntu, I guess? I don't know. Again, here's where my knowledge kind of falls flat. The, my point, I guess, is that Wubi.exe was a thing, and it's not anymore. And I don't, I don't know what that says about either users, or maybe Ubuntu's expectations of users, or maybe just Ubuntu's focus point. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know if it says anything. It may just be an artifact of history that just kind of the the novelty and 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 usefulness of it eventually wore off i'm not sure but it is interesting that it's not a default inclusion anymore whereas it used to be okay next listener feedback is from tim and tim says listening to your description of rename i thought i'd add a few thoughts since i use this and then he puts a little asterisk command quite regularly now the asterisk he has here says uh, sure to check since there are several binaries called rename out there each doing some sort of similar functionality so I'm not sure which one you're running um, that Tim is 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 rather um, is rather clear actually because the rename command that I was talking about is in the Linux Linux util package so this is the rename version that comes with with util Linux very very specifically um, whether I mean so then he continues he says but the Perl script called rename that comes out of the box with Debian is by far my favorite for its power and I've ported it over to my FreeBSD daily driver machine because I use it so much so that's good to know so let's let's just check let's just look I'm gonna do a which rename and it tells me that it's in user bin rename and then just to verify double double verify here I'm gonna do a um, I'm gonna do a, a less on my util Linux package here and it, it it definitely installed something to user bin rename so this is definitely the entity in user bin rename now what is that? Um, I'm going to do a file on user bin rename, and it tells me that it is an ELF 64-bit executable. It is a binary file. So if I did a head of user bin rename, I, I, as expected, I get a bunch of incomprehensible, unprintable characters that, that make no sense to my human eyes. So this is not a Perl script. In other words, this is this is a binary file and it was written by let's look at who this was written by uh, it was written by oh it actually doesn't say who who wrote it so I'd have to look at the source code to find out and I'm not going to do that right now but it's it's um, util Linux package from ftp.kernel.org slash pub slash Linux slash utils slash util Linux there you go so that clarifies that, um, and that's just just to be clear, the the episodes that we're in right now are still covering util Linux. That's 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 the context of any command that I mention until until stated otherwise um, are are those that are included with util Linux. And util Linux is a package that your Linux distribution will probably have installed. It is a very common thing because it's a bunch of little utilities from the people who developed your kernel. So 
it, it tends to get packaged up with a bunch of Linux distributions. Okay, so that asterisk aside, he says, you mentioned the dash s flag, which my rename doesn't have. That's that's his Perl script, I think, or that's his his is a Perl script. It's not his Perl script. It is a Perl script that came with Debian apparently, and the dash v flag. But the one I use uh, the most is the dash n flag. This is the dry run option, uh, showing how each file name would be renamed without actually performing the rename. I use this all the time to make sure I'm not totally screwing things up. Additionally, the bash um, caret search caret replace notation makes it easy to do something like rename dash n, so that's dry run, and then single quote s slash foo slash bar uh, slash close quote foo asterisk dot txt and verify the results, then type dollar sign caret dash n to replace the dash n with nothing and run the command for real. So in other words, he's he's removing the dash the dash in option of the previous command that he ran. So for instance, if I did an ls dash l right now, that gives me a long list of of stuff, right? With with all the uh, file the the modes and the users and and sizes and everything like that. So now if I do a caret dash L, it runs just ls without the dash l. Now you could also do uh, ls dash l for instance, and then do um, caret dash l caret. Uh, let's do dash m because that's pretty noticeable. And that runs the previous command ls, but it swaps the dash l option with the dash m option. You can try this yourself. It's it's pretty darned handy. I mean, it, it does take bash. I don't think, I don't know of any other shell that uses that notation. Zed shell might, because Zed shell re-implements so much that bash has. But as far as I know, it's it's a bash convention. So that's that's worth the the price of admission right there. I think. I mean, that's that's this episode done. I think. Um, and then Tim continues because the expression substitution is just Perl code. And again, he refers me to his asterisk that his rename uh, command is a Perl script. You can use any Perl statement here. While I'm far from a Perl hacker, more of a Python guy, two particular bits come to mind. So none of this really applies to anything unless you're on Debian using their rename Perl script. The Perl, quote, y slash space dot dot slash space dot dot slash command acts like tr, which is the um, translate command. Is that translate? Or what does tr stand for? Yeah, translate. Um, the tr uh, mapping uh, command mapping one set of characters to another. This is great for converting file names to all lowercase. So, for example, rename and then single quote y slash capital A through or dash uh, capital Z slash lowercase a through uh, rather dash lowercase z slash single quote, space, star, dot txt. So that would take all of the dot txt files, and any time it found the capital it, character A through Z would then make it lowercase a through Z. You can use capturing 
groups in the regular expressions and then re reference them in the replacement. This is great for slicing and dicing bits of the file name. Now that that sounds that sounds great. Um, he says uh, in this example files are named in the format month dash year. So touch curly brace zero one dot dot twelve dash curly brace twenty eighteen dot dot twenty nineteen curly brace dot txt. So then if you do an ls on that you'd have zero one dash twenty eighteen eleven dash twenty eighteen oh nine dash twenty eighteen and so on. But I really would prefer them in a year month format. Rename single quote s slash parentheses backslash d for a digit plus close parentheses dash parentheses backslash d plus close parentheses slash dollar sign curly brace two curly brace dash dollar sign curly brace one curly brace slash single quote space asterisk dot txt so that's saying basically to search for a digit separated by a dash and, a, and then another digit and then replace them with the second thing that you've that 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 Perl found with the first thing that Perl found and do that for all .txt files so that's that's pretty neat so you can capture bits with the parentheses dot 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 parentheses and then refer back to them as either dollar sign one dollar sign two in the replacement for another example if you use the mail merge functionality in Abby word to generate PDFs they're stupidly named with a numeric suffix so you can end up with PDFs named output.pdf-0, output.pdf-1. I've seen other applications do this, actually. So I use rename to chop those bits off and move them forward. Rename, single quote, s slash dot PDF, and then again, parentheses, dash, backwards, uh, back, backslash, d for a, a digit plus, so more than one digit, um, or z yeah, one or more digits. Uh, close parentheses slash dollar sign curly brace one curly brace dot PDF slash space output asterisk PDF dash asterisk. Anyways, thought I'd share in case you found it useful. Yeah, those are super useful um, tips. It, sort of maybe not exactly because the Perl script. I mean, you have to have the rename Perl script for for that stuff too to to actually work like exactly as he's described but it's still super useful just given sort of the idea of oh this is how to structure replacements in you know programmatically that i think that sort of thing is is always a useful even if it's just sort of a, a thought exercise because a lot of times just kind of thinking about what the problem is and sort of the structure of how to solve it is is harder than actually solving it. It's sort of that prep work sometimes that 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 makes it difficult. So that's an it's cool to hear how how Tim got around some of these wonky name problems that he that he that he had. Okay, so um, next I want to read a, a related feedback email from Ronald, and he says. Um, I heard your latest episode featuring rename, how timely a while back I had to rename some files and move asterisk dot description asterisk dot info didn't work because of obvious reasons. Move doesn't really like wildcards very much. It got me to thinking, why doesn't Bash GNU Linux come with come with a rename utility with syntax like DOS 
OS2, or even move or copy, or, or rather CP. Really, it's the biggest shortfall of GNU Linux in regards to DOS. Now, of course, um, this is Klaatu here. I, I don't know what DOS or OS2 did for renames, um, so I have no idea what he's talking about here. But he carries on. Uh, anyway, I decided to write just such a tool in Bash scripting language. Before I carry on, let's get one tip out of the way. You mentioned being unable to sort the results of touch foo curly brace one dot dot ten close curly brace properly. That's solvable with ls dash vl dash v is for version numbers. Cool. Um, he he is correct. Um, I think I was probably using that as sort of an example uh, for a quick and easy example. Uh, that said, that I guess that maybe was a poor example because it's obviously very easy to solve. That also said, um, I never have used that before. I, I didn't know about the ls dash dash v the ls dash v option. That was really not something that I ever ever thought of. But there it is, natural sort of version numbers within text. You know, I say I've never used it, and that's probably not true. It's probably one of those things that I, I discovered one day and thought, oh my gosh, this is brilliant, and then I forgot about it. Anyway, he says, now that that's out of the way, allow me to address the issues with the lack of a rename program that works like move or cp or ren with the format. Command, bracket options, source, target. So first and biggest issue, path name expansion in Bash. If one were to write a program to, say, rename, and ran it thusly, so his example rename tool is rn, that's Romeo November, not Romeo Mike. So rn space asterisk dot htm uh, space asterisk dot html in a folder with file dot or file one htm file two htm then path name expansion would mean that your program would receive the following file one dot htm file two dot htm htm and then space asterisk dot html and that depends on the shopped settings for null glob and fail glob and the set dash f or plus f for disabling or enabling path path name expansion but ignore that for now. However, if your PWD contained file1.htm, file2.htm, file3.html, then your program would receive these parameters, file1.htm, file2.htm, file3.html, which, at which point, good luck determining the user's intent. So in other words, he's saying, he's, he's, he's pointing out that a command would, would not easily know what, what what to rename what to rename to what are you asking it to rename file one dot htm to file two dot htm or are you saying file, rename both file one and file two to file three dot html or are you just saying you know who knows right are you saying file one and file two should be file three yeah it's, it's it would be difficult for for the programmer or the, 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 the program to understand. So this is him again. If the user quotes the parameters, then the wildcard pattern can be processed by the program. Sure. So the task at hand has ballooned into a significant undertaking, especially if it's written to accommodate lack of quotes, because that's going to happen a lot. 
and that is very true. I mean, how many of us quote everything that we we feed a, a shell? It's just not something that we typically do. So he says, also, quotes are not, uh, wildcards aren't really required for a proper rename command. Are in file 1.htm, version 1.html. Completely valid, no wildcards. Okay, so upon hearing your podcast, I jumped to my computer, cloned the GitHub repo I made, and tested your foo question mark and foo question mark question mark examples. Blew right up, so thanks. Seriously, though, your examples were totally valid, and I hadn't put much effort into question marks as wildcards, since I was already so deep in the weeds just handling quotes or no quotes, and how to parse what I infer were the user's intentions. It's really, really hard for a hack like me to come up with an efficient and succinct way to handle all replacements of wildcards. They really need to be anchored to A, the beginning of a string, B, a period, or C, the end of a string. Making things even more fun, I had I find that when I have a file called xxx and I want to move it to xxx.test, even move bulks at wildcards. So his example is ls-lxxx, and there's the file, and then move x wildcard dot uh, wildcard so asterisk dot asterisk space asterisk dot test move cannot stat x asterisk dot asterisk no such file or directory so that's an interesting response actually and then move xxx space asterisk dot yyy it renames xxx to asterisk dot yyy not xxx dot yyy so bash is great and powerful but also a bit of uh, but but also um, a little bit difficult in some regards. If you're interested, I'm making a branch for dealing with your examples and shall commit it soonish to github.com slash Ronald Barnes, that's capital R, Ronald Barnes, capital B-A-R-N-E-S, slash bash dash rename. That's if the entirety of the problems don't turn out to be intractable, which is possible and explains the lack of such a tool in the GNU toolbox. Thanks for your podcast. Love the walkthrough Util's Lin- Util Linux. Also interested in any feedback on rename slash ren, soon to be renamed rn, to match GNU's move and CP. So this is something that I haven't had a chance to look at yet. Super intriguing, though. And I, I, I'm going to take a look at it very soon. Possibly give feedback, possibly not. I'm really eager to see how he how he attempts to solve all these problems in bash that idea honestly is is quite intriguing in itself i've written um a bash you know a, a command in bash before i consider it a serious tool it's called trashy if you have not tried it you should if you have not installed it you should it is a command line trash can you can find it at gitlab.com/ gitlab.com slash trashy, I think. Yeah, gitlab.com slash trashy. There you go. Um, and and it's it's written in Bash. So are there bugs? Yeah, there are still bugs. Is it um, Has it been really enlightening? Yeah, it's been really enlightening. Uh, there are some things that shell expansion <laughs> just makes really interesting. So yeah, you should try that out. Uh, and also try out Ronald's um, rename command. I think that would be a... A really interesting thing to look at. 
especially if you're if you're kind of poking around with bash stuff and want want a few things to uh, to bug test and to, to stress test. That's about all the listener feedback that I have that 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 would be of general interest. There are a couple more emails um, from a couple of people who one of whom I've met in person at All Things Open. So Blizzak, I've got your email. I'm not ignoring you. Well, I am ignoring you, but not from a mean not not in a mean way. Uh, also, Chris, I'm I've got your email. And I'm not ignoring you in a mean way. Um, I'm just ignoring you until I get a chance to sit down and answer your questions. So I think that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next time. Cast. This has been Klaatu. You can reach me on IRC. I'm on the Freenode network usually in channels such as Augcast Planet, Slacker Media, Slackware, a couple of others. My nick on IRC is not Klaatu. You can also reach me lately on Mastodon. My username there is at Klaatu at Mastodon.xyz. Of course, you can email me at klatu at member.fsf.org. That's klatu at member.fsf, as in free software foundation.org. And of course, you can visit my various websites, gnuworldorder.info and slackermedia.info. I will see you next time. Sausage is the Mayan caper with an IBM machine. I don't want to be caught short in a gray flannel suit when the lid blows off. <laughs>